Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. Just grinds that tape It's the Dynasty Crossroads Where film is everything The Dynasty Crossroads Where numbers are the king There may not be consensus But we'll give you everything Welcome back, and that is our good friend, Zach Reed. We are back to the uh, original theme song. I just missed it too much. I thought it was back to switch. It was more than time enough that we switched back to Zach. Um, we at the Dynasty Crossroads talk about one player every week um, from both a film and a metrics point of view. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy. Um, I handle the analytics. I'm here with, as I am at least most weeks, 90% of weeks, um, Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. He handles the film, and we try to reach some sort of consensus or at least an interesting argument. And um, this week we're going to talk about quarterback prospects. Well, the combine is in full swing, so we have found their combine metrics, ranked them by height, and we're going to talk about uh, how the tallest is obviously the best. Jake, are you ready to talk about how Drew Locke is clearly the best prospect in this class? Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I was hoping that you would say. Or maybe Daniel Jones. He measured in slightly taller. I just hadn't heard his name before, <laughs> so maybe it should be Daniel Jones. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's combine time. It is threshold season. It is time to talk about how a player cannot possibly be good anymore. Um, and his college production was a lie, and what he did on tape was a lie because it turns out his hands are half an inch shorter than, smaller than we thought, and. Or a player is two inches taller than we imagined, and so now they're obviously going to be generational. So in amongst the madness that is combine season, we're going to try and break them down. Um, I think we're just going to talk about uh, the three main prospects and also add in Will Greer, who came up in an article by um, Josh Hermsmeyer this week, which was a fantastic article. I think uh, I, th- I think you'd recommend as well, Jake, since I heard about it from you, that everyone go and read if they're interested in quarterback evaluations. Does that sound about right? No, that's that's definitely right. I mean, Josh, everyone knows Josh does fantastic work. And uh, I know that you tend to struggle with quarterback evaluations, especially this time of year. I know that it's not in my strength. Um, and I've, I said it's, it's partly to do because I think quarterbacks, especially in 1QB leagues, are completely overrated. And even in super flex leagues, I think quarterbacks have a tendency to um, be a little bit overrated as well. So it's it's not a position that I fully invest to, like running back, wide receiver, and 
even to a lesser extent, tight end. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same place, so we're probably the worst two people to talk about it, but let, <laughs> let's get to it. Um, uh, let's I, just have a conversation yeah. and see where it goes. Um, yeah. I was actually just on the Dynasty Diagnostic podcast, and quarterbacks and everything else, it seemed like, came up on that three-hour marathon, um, which was all my fault, by the way. <laughs> but, um, and like my problem is I don't have a defendable process. I've got one. I make prefer- preferential choices in drafts, but like I can't really defend how I come to my conclusions um, and you're about to see how so um, <laughs> do you have a preference do you want to go in height order or do you just want to go in favorites or like that's, I think Kyle and Murray is the guy right let's not yeah, hide the lead here yeah you want to just let's start? talk about Kyler Murray so Kyler Murray is now good <laughs> he, he's over 510 he's over 200 pounds um, there's a lot of talk about him being under 5'10 and uh, under 200 pounds. So he beat those thresholds, so now he's good. Also, His tape looks different. Um, but Kyler Murray's a quarterback out of uh, Oklahoma. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of reports about him maybe playing professional baseball, and he decided that he's going to throw his hand in the ring in the NFL, which I think was a good right decision. Um do you? I mean, do you, know, you have a way to decide that? Like, I hmm, is baseball better? It seems safer. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's actually safer to get money faster in the NFL. Now, if you're going to be an all-star baseball player, I think that's the way to go. But baseball is such a long process to go through the minor league system and then hopefully get called up to the big leagues someday. Um, where you know he can make if. If he plays well, if he's if he's a franchise or just you know a good quarterback, he can make a lot of money by the time he would even get to the you know major leagues in baseball. So, I thought it was the right move. Obviously, I didn't scout him from a baseball perspective, but um, you know I think he got some some unnecessary heat about it. I was like, dude, do whatever you want, man. Like this is you're just like don't tell him what to do. Like he has some power. Like finally, like a. a professional athlete has some power in the say and everybody gets all up all, all up in arms about it right. and i just it's like i i really don't it's the same thing with like ab it's like let him do his thing like <laughs> i'm not gonna tell ab what he should and shouldn't right. do and i'm not gonna call him mentally ill because you know people think he's acting a little bit funny but that's a that's a different podcast altogether but um getting back to kyler murray um for me he's like he's the he's the quarterback in this class and he's certainly not perfect. You know, he, he comes with some concerns. He's not a perfect prospect. Um, you know, he's super mobile, you know, and super fast. Like he's, and that's why, part of the reason why I'm super interested in, in him. Because if you like Lamar Jackson, you should absolutely like Kyler Murray. He's not as electric as Lamar is. But, I mean, he's he's fast. <laughs> and he can scramble and he can move. He's an athlete. Um, shows good agility in the open field. I think he's smart enough. Like he doesn't have a big frame, so he does get down. He gets out of bounds, so that's good to see. He's not doing the RG three thing and just getting clobbered every play. Um, so durability is, you know, obviously a little bit of a concern being that size. I did see him get taken down pretty easily at times, and he does take some shots. Um, but you know, he always got it up. <laughs> you know. Um, and he's such an athlete that he also can avoid a lot of shots. So I think that's a good thing. So as far as fantasy goes, I think 
I think he has a pretty big upside. You know, I think there's a lot of steam that he's going to go to the Arizona Cardinals first overall, and the Cardinals are going to trade Josh Rosen. I mean, that just seems like super risky to me from an organizational standpoint. But, you know, you do you, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> um, you know, obviously you're just running the show all of a sudden. But, um, you know, from a film standpoint, I only watched a handful of games on all these guys. Like, again, I said, I don't – scouting quarterbacks is difficult, and I, I generally just don't do it a whole lot. I did it more last year just because it was a strong class, and I liked a lot of those guys. Um, but – Kyler Murray is a guy that has easy um, arm strength. You know, he kind of has a, a little bit of a whipping type of motion, almost like the Mar did with the wristy throwing action. Um, he's, so he can move the ball downfield, and that's that's another thing that I liked about him is he can he can throw the ball off platform. You know, he can throw it deep while on the run, which I didn't see a lot of quarterbacks do in this class. Um, I wouldn't say he's a pinpoint accurate type of quarterback. I'd say he's he's pretty accurate. He generally throws it in the right area, but he you know he doesn't throw it in a pinpoint you know basket a lot. Um, I think he struggles with recognizing defenses. Sometimes he makes some bad decisions um, here and there. Um, but as far as you know, the main things that you're looking for. Um, pocket mobility, arm strength, accuracy. I think he checks a lot of boxes there. Um, honestly, I don't have a ton more to say um, other than, you know, watching his tape. I'm so excited about C.D. Lamb coming up in the draft class. Oh, really? like, I love, <laughs> okay. the, love that kid. Um, but, I mean, that's the thing. He had a really good offensive line. He had really good weapons in C.D. Lamb and Hollywood Brown. Um Packed, you know, Big 12 defenses are pretty much trash. So it's it's kind of hard to scout the quarterbacks. I mean, that, that was part of my concern with Baker a little bit last year is just because the defenses he faced are just so bad. And the, the one game that kind of stood out for me with Kyler was up against Alabama. Like when he's facing that elite type of competition and he was really getting pressured, he looked so much more <laughs> uncomfortable. You know, and his footwork got a little bit shaky. His decision-making got worse. So from a clean pocket, all these guys are good. And I know, you know, Josh Hermsmeyer says, like, that's a better way to judge a quarterback is from a clean pocket. But there's a difference between, you know, a clean pocket and then just facing pressure. Um, so I think he's riskier than um, maybe some, than, than I initially thought just from what people have been saying. But – I understand the the upside, and especially in this class, I get it. But, you know, in a different quarterback class, I don't think he's the quarterback one. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. How would you rank him compared to, like, last year's class? Um, I'd probably put him right around Lamar Jackson. You know, um... That's the thing. That's the take give. I think he's a better passer than Lamar Jackson is, but he's not as electric. Um, but I also would say he's like a much better passer um, than Lamar Jackson. So I think as far as fantasy goes, like I think it's similar intrigue there. You know, like there is some risk, but there's immense upside in fantasy because rushing is so um, such a big catalyst of fantasy production. So, like, quarterback four or five from last year, I'd still have Rosen over him from a quarterback um, 
standpoint. But again, fantasy, I like I I understand taking that you know Konami code upside. What do what do you what do you what do you have to say about Kyler? Yeah, I like Kyler Murray best in this class, mostly as a contrarian opinion, because the arguments that people were making against him honestly didn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't think a player is good or bad based on how tall they are. I think they're as good as they are, and they're doing it whatever height, weight, or speed they happen to be doing it at. So just using that generic approach, the fact that everyone said Kyler Murray was the best, but he's short, just meant that... All I heard was Kyler Murray is the best. <laughs> so, um, and again, going back to the Frisco-Josh argument, the few things that I've found about quarterbacks, and I really haven't found a process for myself. I don't have a justifiable metric or thing I can compare to past prospects and say it has a hit rate of X or Y or Z, or even Q or P for that matter. Um, but what I do know is that efficiency seems to be where the majority of the signal comes from. I can't even say that it's efficiency at a certain given age, just overall efficiency. Um, and back to that Frisco Josh uh, article we were both uh, we both read, uh, he looked at quarterback through the prism of comp- uh, completion percentage, so a certain type of efficiency, which is almost mostly used as a proxy for accuracy. It's interesting that you say that Murray maybe wasn't the most accurate, but it was accurate enough because he comes up with um, fairly mm-hmm. high completion percentage. He was actually second in this <coughs> class in completion percentage um, on average um, to Dwayne Haskins, um, just counting his uh, Oklahoma seasons anyway. Um, Kyler Murray's okay. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Uh, yeah. But uh, again, yeah. it's a proxy, I want to say, so like, he is. Perfect. Yeah. I think he is accurate. I just don't think he's like deadly accurate. Right, right. Does that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. He he throws in the general area of his wide receivers. Usually allows them to make a play on the ball, but he's not like um, throwing it into a basket and and always and and sometimes he does like some back shoulder throws and some throws into the flat. Like he leads his receivers so they can maintain their their routes and keep running after the catch. Um, but it's it's definitely not every time, you know. I think he's I think he's accurate. I just don't think he's uh, elite level accurate. Right. Um. I'd also like some way to adjust that, and that's essentially a large part of what Frisco Josh did in that article. He looked at completion percentage in each individual conference, trying to adjust for um, competition level. I mean, everyone. Ever. I mean, everyone wants to see him with the Giants. Anyone. Everyone wants to see any quarterback with the Giants. That's. That's really the landing spot. I mean, I think it is intriguing to have him in. in you're right there. Sorry. <laughs> you talk. I'm just gonna ruffle some papers for a while. <laughs> just gonna ruffle these, this bag of tobacco. Jake, right? Jake, what's your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Yeah, could you just <laughs> concentrate, Jake? Um, I think I think it's intriguing for him to go to Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury. Um, you know, he. I think he was last year. Like he's like, if I had the number one pick, I would take Murray. Um, while he was still in college, so that's where this all started months ago. Right. You know, with the trade rumors of Rosen, and so this this has been on the the table for quite a while. So I think it's interesting. You know, you got a young head coach that's known for an offensive mind that likes to spread it out and run kind of a college system, um, a little bit more of an air raid system. So I think it's interesting to have him. And DJ and Kirk and Fitz, um, I'm sure they add some talent there. And then you got the other teams that are, you know, potentially in the running for a quarterback in Jacksonville. No, thank you. 
Um, even though um, John D. Filippo's there and, and he's had some success with the young quarterbacks, but um, I don't know if that's super intriguing. Are we against Jacksonville because we're so used to it being the Blake Bortles offense? Like, I mean, Keelan Cole was impressive as a rookie. Marcus Lee has been okay. Um, D.D. Westbrook's a good player. Go. So, like, no, I understand. I understand. I just, yeah, I think it probably is a little bit of that. We're, you know, we're used to that kind of archaic offense, too. Um, Fournette's still there, right? (laughs) It's a run, yeah, it's a run first offense. So, meh, you know, like, it doesn't get me excited. Could it be okay? Sure. But it doesn't get me excited. And then the Dolphins, Redskins, no thank you, really, you know. <laughs> so basically, know. I don't know. I just I don't think I don't think he's a guy that I'm going to be excited about with a with a bad, right. you know, not an intriguing landing spot. Even though, like, I'm going to be interested, but um, you know, landing spot matters, you know, especially for this draft class, especially for for Murray, who isn't a perfect quarterback prospect. Is there another quarterback the you draft in the first round of a superflex or two QB league? Like, I don't know, there is for me. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Superflex, basically any starting quarterback's worth a first-round pick, in my mind. Now, where are you going to... Yeah, it's just, we don't like the quarterbacks, we don't like their potential landing spots. Draft them in the first, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, they, the quarter, people love their quarterbacks in Superflex leagues, you know. I, I still would rather just take guys that are underrated in, like, the teens and 20s. Um, or like get Cam Newton at quarterback ten. What? All right. Um, how does Kyler Murray compare to Haskins? Whatever is Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. So like I, I had watched just really minimal tape on all these guys before today. Um. So like the last few hours, I've been watching games on these guys and Haskins. You know, the, the my first initial you know reaction when I first watched him was like, you know, he's pretty good. I don't really know what to make out of him. And I watched, you know, five games tonight, and I came away not impressed at all. Okay. <laughs> at all. His his footwork is so bad, and his foot speed is so slow. He never sets his – like, I, wanna, I don't want to say he never sets his feet, but he just doesn't have foot quickness to move in the pocket. He has really long strides in his back pedals. Um, throws off platform a lot, just really highly inaccurate a lot of the times when his feet aren't set. When he has a clean pocket and he can step up, he delivers some really pretty balls. I don't think he has the arm strength to throw it into a tight window on a line. Um, you know, But he does show good accuracy to drop it into buckets and throw with touch and timing. But just, man, the Penn State game, the Michigan State game, just the footwork. And I I need to watch more because obviously he had a monster year. He said, you know, he had like 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. So I don't want to say he was trash. <laughs> uh, he set a bunch of records for Ohio State. But um, I just saw a lot of screens, you know, like a lot of screens with the receivers and running backs running downfield. Uh, even you know the screens and slants like just inaccurate um and again these guys can improve um but i just i don't see it and i wouldn't count on it and i was i was kind of upset because i i thought i would like him i really did and uh i didn't (laughs) 
Do you have anything on Haskins? I don't. He has, from the little I know, like I said, I've already stated where I go with it. I look at the efficiency. He comes up a second in this class when you do a reasonable comparison on the efficiency metrics they have. And they're scary enough, (laughs) Um, even a second, that I I can see burst. Um, As I've mentioned last year, when looking at quarterbacks, I I rely heavily on other Play people's evaluations. People I consider a lot smarter than me to evaluate quarterbacks well. Um, I really like Sean Slavin's um, 2019 dra- QB draft guide. He's got that pinned to his tweet just at uh, Twitter timeline. Just follow him at Slavin22. Um, and it's his pinned tweet. Um, he's created his own metric, TNEA, which is a version of NEA, which is adjusted basically adjusted yards per attempt taking into account um interceptions as minuses and then he then goes the extra step and builds in rushing attempts and success in rushing as well which just gives you the benefit of that job um kyler murray clearly has the highest score um at age 21 he had the highest score of almost everyone that um sean's actually profiled uh, according to the graphs i'm looking at right here um, and that was his last year, the last year he played in college. And again, uh, Murray is standing out. Dwayne Haskins was above the trend line um, uh, both of his last two seasons. Yeah, we should have him or Mark Schofield. We should have just had both of those guys really? and just did this episode we should for just us. Do, we should have just called them up and like, hey, do you want to take over the crossbows this week? <laughs> we don't really like evaluating quarterbacks. Do you mind just stepping in for us tonight? So... Sean's work comparing them this class to past first round prospects and really outside of the few outliers like Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and I guess Andy Dalton being drafted outside the first round and really being drafted outside the first 15 picks is a really big red flag for quarterbacks in terms of their potential success in the NFL so comparing them to just the first round Kyler Murray's got a phenomenal score again Dwayne Haskins is okay in his last season and right on average in the season before no one else broke broke the average of first round quarterbacks in sean's tnea stats and i think that just about describes it like um kyler murray is looking like a pretty decent prospect and the only one we have real high hopes for Dwayne haskins has that potential but it could very easily go either way as with most quarterbacks we know drafted in the first round they're either Geno Smith or Baker Mayfield, I guess, at this point. Um, the other name that, yeah, Dwayne Haskins was good in his last year, but it it doesn't deflate my uh, fear of him being a potential bliss just based on his overall efficiency. Yeah, um, he rushed uh, 14% of his team's rushing attempts. I think that's about 73 attempts overall in his last season. And just in comparison, Murray was up to 27% of his team's rushing attempts. Uh, last season so Haskins isn't much of a dual threat quarterback by the look of it um which is just how many, how many yards how many yards did he have rushing um Haskins 122 last year um so Haskins is the next best quarterback I think we'd both be comfortable with that after Murray maybe and honestly maybe even in, I know you said every maybe <laughs> uh, every quarterback is that's got a starting job is worth a first in the super flex, but I'm I'm fine taking a shot on a wide receiver running back that I really like. Yeah, I probably I probably wouldn't, but you know what's gonna happen. You know, like 
Unless someone gets hated on like Josh Allen did last year. Right. I get it. So um, Dwayne Haskins is Josh Allen without the rushing ability, and um, <laughs> which is essentially what you said. I, I, <laughs> no, he, he can't throw the ball like Josh Allen can. Throw oh, great! The ball. <laughs> even even worse. Um, He's slightly more accurate when he when he when he can get his feet set. But can you say anything positive about Drew Locke? Because I I'm stumbling to find anything positive. I can. All right. I can. Great. I mean. <laughs> That the first tape I watched on Drew Locke was against Georgia, and it was really ugly. His feet looked so lazy. You know how quarterbacks kind of keep their feet moving, you know, as they're diagnosing, you know, routes and defenses in the pocket. You know, they're kind of bouncing, just like flat-footed. And Cam Newton does that a little bit too. Like it bothers me that his feet are just kind of standing there a little bit. But I was just like, oh my God, what are you doing? And then he just kept throwing off his back foot. He was under pressure a lot, throwing a lot of inaccurate passes. But then I watched some more games, probably, you know, just against some lower competition, um, lower than Georgia at least. And I thought his feet were good at times. Like he, then he had some bounce in his steps and he'd move around in the pocket. And when he set his feet, he looked great at times. Like Drew Locke has a good arm. Like not Josh Allen good, but he has the best. He probably has the best arm in this class. Um, Jared Stidham, I know, is is a really like he throws a nice ball um, as well. But Drew Locke, you can see it come off his his hand like effortlessly, and he throws a nice spiral. Um, so like, there's times where you can see like when he's good. And when he's on, he's impressive. Like, So if he could ever live up to that billion and get to his potential, I think he's a guy that could make it and could be a really good quarterback at the next level. But um, there's definitely some big um, accuracy concerns. You know, he's a prototypical guy, 6'3", 225. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not looking good for him. I, and he's probably going to go to the Broncos, which is not good. I will good. say, just as a word of caution, we're a continual, we don't like this class tour, um, proceeds over Twitter, like this is meant to be a bad class. Sometimes the best prospects come from the worst classes. Like 2013 was a terrible draft class for wide receivers. Like um, barely any wide receivers drafted in the first three rounds compared to the year before. And yet from 2013, we get DeAndre Hopkins from the first round. And then from 2012, none of them are on your fantasy teams anymore. I mean, there are a few that showed potential and then failed through various different reasons. And T.Y. Hilton becomes the best wide receiver at the third round of the year before. So just because it's a damn class and we sound like we're being forced to talk about these players at this point, doesn't mean there there isn't someone worth... Um, going for, and if you think Drew Locke can be developed, some yeah. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna take a shot, if I have to either take Murray at 101 in a super flex rookie draft, or Drew Locke or Haskins at 107 or eight, I'd I mean I'd slam dunk Murray at 101. How about Will Greer? He's the other guy that came up unexpectedly in that article by Frisco Josh, and having looked over it. At a slightly elevated compared to like Jake Browning, who also had a good completion percentage, but Will Greer was playing in a slightly better um, conference, and his completion percentage is fairly well, so he came out well in that model of Frisco Josh. And Will Greer, like months ago, was a guy that was talked about that could be, I mean, during the college football season, he was in the discussion of 
you know, is he the top quarterback in this class? So he was, or at least in that conversation, you know, is he up there with Haskins and Murray and Locke? You know, he was in that conversation um, months ago. And, you know, Will Greer is, is 6'1", 214, so he's a little bit undersized. Um, you know, he's a really scrappy, competitive guy. He's a really fiery guy. I like how he reads defenses and goes through progressions. And I really like, I think he has some, probably the best footwork that I've seen out of these four as far as in the pocket, always keeps them moving. And he was probably the best at climbing the pocket and delivering throws. Now his arm is not, you know, (laughs) very impressive. Um, I don't like his delivery. He's got a little hitch motion in his throwing arm that I think um, takes a couple, you know, just a couple milliseconds to get out. Right. It just his delivery is a little bit slow. Um, it's got a little hitch. Sometimes he throws off his back foot, and that's the thing that I didn't like about him is his footwork was really good up until the point right as he was delivering the ball, <laughs> um, which I thought was just funny. Like, and it wasn't all the time, but just sometimes he'd have a clean pocket. He'd he'd maneuver his footwork. He'd climb up in the pocket. And right as he's delivering, he'd like instead of transferring was his weight onto his front foot, he'd fall backwards as he threw, which I just I really did not like. So um, I think he's got a very limited upside in the NFL. Could he be a starting quarterback? Possibly. You know, I think he's probably more of a backup quarterback. But you know, I I liked some of the things I saw. I just don't think he projects as a you know, as a starter necessarily, or maybe a low-end starter at best. Yeah, just going back to Sean's work, he's you know, he was pretty much right on the average line when comparing him in TNEA, and Sean's stat um, to first-round quarterbacks. So I guess that speaks to the potential that he's more of a backup, but especially where he was more efficient in um, conference-adjusted completion percentage from Frisco Josh, and the fact that he was at least average compared to first-round wide uh, quarterbacks. I, he's a name I'm now interested in. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't mind that. And also, I think you're probably, you know, he's probably going to go in the third round or so, maybe the NFL draft. Um, so he's probably that a guy that in super flex league, so you can probably get him in the third round. Kind of that Mason Rudolph of last year, you know. Some people liked him. I think Rudolph was probably even a little bit better prospect than Will Greer, but... Yeah, third round to the right team. I wouldn't mind him pulling an Andy Dalton career path kind of a deal. I think he'd be very lucky to do that. Yeah. But, I mean, Andy Dalton's put some... I mean, as far as fantasy goes, Andy Dalton's put up some good stats. He's underappreciated. He had a top five season, but he's still Andy Dalton. Come on. There is no doubt that he is still Andy Dalton. (laughs) There is no doubt that that man is the man that he is. So, I mean, there's no real argument (laughs) with that point. (laughs) Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. I think I'm good. No, I'm so done. Yeah, my main lesson for myself, and like I'm not trying to give everyone else a lesson, but what I'm trying to keep my eye on is just because the overall class doesn't look good doesn't mean that you should be less excited by the heights. Because seriously, some of the best players come from average classes. They really do. Like the best players you're most excited yeah. to have on your fantasy team. So <laughs> I think we've done the necessary. So I think we're going to go ahead and get out of here. We'll see you again next week. Um, 
with much more enthusiasm and uh yeah next week is gonna be fun um all right so thanks for coming to the crossroads we are sorry if we <laughs> drove you at quarterbacks for 30 minutes <laughs> thanks for joining us here at the crossroads this week um we will see you again next week later i didn't even know how to end that oh my god <laughs> Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table when they born a play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Honestly, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. Like, so, okay, Jake got a little bit excited. And then I flipped on Haskins and I was like, okay, let's see here. Um, and then I was just like, no, no, no. Now, flipped on Drew Locke, and I was like, oh my god, no. And then I watched a couple games where I was like, okay, okay, that's pretty good. We might cut this episode down to that short 10 seconds there. That's basically what we said. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I feel like we've been pretty negative.